We are the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes like serial killers and the random one-off murder. We will tell you about bizarre occurrences like alien abductions and monsters in the dark. And we just might get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. At the very end of every show, we like to lighten things up and cleanse the palate from the tragic and terrifying stories, so we end our time with a chaser. You might get to hear crazy stories about our pets or just silly movie recommendations. Give us a listen. We are the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast. Crime Scenes and Cupcakes is a true crime investigative podcast. We discuss cases regarding the assault, murder, sexual assault, or cases involving the abuse or abduction of adults or children. These topics can be very disturbing and a trigger to many individuals, so please listen accordingly. If you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis, help is available. You can text, call, or chat 988. This is available 24-7. It is also available in multiple languages for anyone who needs mental health-related or suicide crisis support. It can connect you with trained crisis counselors. Also, if you are in Wichita, there is a local crisis center. Call 316-660-7500. Hey guys, it's Marianne, Dog Mom, Baker, True Crime Podcast Maker, and today we're going to be discussing the case of Beverly Ann Ward. Beverly had gone missing on July 4th of 1978 in Junction City, Kansas. Now, Ricky from Kansas Missing and Unsolved, he has a Facebook page and he has put together this amazing and informative poster on this case. And that's what we are going to use on our social media. In fact, he creates a lot of amazing posters for cases of, just as I said, the missing and unsolved cases for Kansas. But not only for Kansas, for those cases that occur in surrounding states as well. He is an amazing advocate and these posters go into so much detail. He created an amazing poster for Christus case and that has been such a wonderful tool for me to share with other media partners, with other law enforcement agencies with anyone else I want to reach out to with this case. So I just want to give a shout out to Ricky and for what he does because it helps so much. So if you guys can go to his Facebook page, give him a like, give him a follow, that would help so much. And also take a look at those cases and see what else you guys could be doing to help share those cases and get those eyes on as many of those as we possibly can. And in talking about that, I want to mention one other thing, why these posters are so important. Now, one of the things I've noticed, especially when talking to friends, family, 
and everyone else is that a lot of people say, well, I looked at the headline of this article. I didn't really read it, but I kind of read the headline and saw what it was about and moved on. And if you'll notice on my social media, when I post an article or when I post something, I will do what I call a snapshot and put it above that because I think there are some really important details in that article that I don't want to see missed. Take a look at these points at least and share this information because it is so important to be shared. When we're scrolling through social media, our senses are just assailed with so many different things and we're getting pulled into a million different directions. Screaming children, barking dogs, feed the cat, work demands, but these cases are still important. And so as you come across one, even if you can't sit there and look at the full case, just pop that share button really quick, pop it, share it. And if that's all you can do, that could make the difference in whether or not this person can get found. It can make a difference on whether or not a person gets justice. So those few seconds in your day could really make the difference in a case. During a 4th of July sleepover, this holiday would end up changing forever for one Kansas family. It started on July 3rd, 1978, when Beverly Ann Ward had a friend who she lived across and down the street, and she asked her to stay the night at their single-story home at the 200 block of West 11th Street in Junction City, Kansas. The 13-year-old, she was sleeping in the same room as her friend. This is important material. Sleeping in the same room as her friend, she slept in one bed, her friend slept in the other. But somehow, Beverly goes missing in the middle of the night. Nobody knew that she went missing. Nobody heard, nobody seen anything, and Beverly has never been seen or heard from since. It was early in the morning on July 4th of 1978 when Beverly's family members awoke to witness a crazy incident happening across the street. A brick was being thrown at the neighbor's window around 6 a.m. And this is again, neighbors across the street. I don't know if this is the same neighbors that had to do with the little girl that was spending the night. I couldn't find that information out exactly, but it does seem really weird. Now, there were reportedly four people in the home at the time when Beverly's relatives and friends, they had gone outside to watch all of the commotion, and that's when they all noticed Beverly Ward wasn't with them. Now, of course, when I first heard this, I thought, maybe this is a diversion tactic. Maybe someone threw a brick through that house to get everybody out of the house so they could get to Beverly. But then, of course, it's, wouldn't Beverly have gone with them? And then it was like, okay, that didn't make much sense, right? So that little theory vanished in my head. And Authorities also helped make sure that theory didn't work because it's believed that 
as we will find out as we dive more into this case, Beverly must have went missing sometime much earlier. At the time of her disappearance, Beverly Ann Ward stood four feet, eight inches to about five feet tall. She weighed approximately 54 to 60 pounds. She had black to dark brown hair and brown eyes. Beverly was born, this is really interesting, Beverly was born with an extra bone, or it's also called a partial finger, on her hand. She has moles on her face and a mark on her chest. When she was last seen, she was wearing a green nightgown and blue underwear. Now, after they couldn't find her, police were called to inspect the scene. That was when investigators found that a screen from a bedroom window was missing. It was found about 10 feet away from the house and was reportedly cut from the frame. Authorities speculate that somewhere between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., so that's quite a bit earlier than when the brick situation happened. So they suspect that between 3 and 5 a.m., Beverly Ann Ward was kidnapped out of her own bed. Now, there's quite a few individuals in the house, but somebody was able to cut the screen off the window, get into the home, and take Beverly out of a room another child had been sleeping in as well without awakening that child. So that, I, I, I'm trying to understand how something like that were to happen. Now, all of her personal items, including $12 she had been saving up to go to a kid's camp the next day, all of her items, her bags and everything were packed for her to go on this camping trip the next day to go to this summer camp. Police never once considered Beverly to be a runaway. They expressly believed someone had come into this home with the express purpose of taking Beverly. At the time, this an unassuming white house from the 200 block of West 11th Street, it opens up into a large yard. There's no privacy fence, there's no chain link fencing of any kind. So there's no fence. So it is pretty easy to walk into the yard. Now there was a small tree line that would have shielded neighbors on the right side from seeing anything happening outside the windows or back door of the property. Now a small tree line would have shielded that. So that is one thing that you know, okay, so neighbors wouldn't have been able to see anything because of that. So anybody coming from the back side of the house, they would have been protected from outside eyes of being able to see anything. But again, it brings me back to the question, how does somebody get into a house full of people and take a 13 year old girl without her saying anything? Now, if the person has a weapon or something like that, yeah, I could see her not saying anything and just going. 
that has definitely occurred in other cases. But there was somebody in the same room. And that person reports never awakening or seeing anything. Now, old pictures also show a single door located on the right side of the back of the home and three windows to its left, one of which would have been Beverly's. It was evident from the photograph her bedroom would have easily been accessible to anyone walking towards the property from the rear. And the arrival and exit of such a person may not have been easily seen. Depending on the onlooker's vantage, somebody could come and go and never be seen. What's also interesting is attempts were made to lift fingerprints at the time of the abduction, but police officers say they weren't able to find any fingerprints. Damage to the bedroom window was noted, and to investigators' knowledge, no other physical evidence exists in this case. So they're saying at the time, there was absolutely no evidence. Nothing. Though they continue to sift through stored evidence from 1978 now to try to continue this, confirm this information, and, and I know times were vastly different from 1978 to now. It is incredibly frustrating that they're trying to say that there is nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, you're telling me somebody was able to come in and take a 13-year-old child from a home without leaving anything, one shred of evidence. It, that just completely blows my mind that they, they had said that there is not one single piece or shred of evidence in this case. Now, in 1978, Junction City, Kansas had a reputation as being what's called a transient area where people didn't live for long. They used it as a community to pass through or to temporarily reside. And there were a few suspects who were questioned in connection to Beverly's disappearance, two of whom were seen in vehicles by neighbors. But it wasn't around the time that Beverly went missing. Well, maybe they had parked somewhere else and came back. A third person who was in the area was also named as a suspect of interest, but no evidence could tie this person as a suspect to the case. None of these names have ever been released. One thing I do want to point out as well, being that we are a Kansas-based podcast, and you cannot be from the Junction City area without discussing the Faith Tabernacle Church. You just, you can't, you can't get past it. You can't discuss the Beverly Ann Ward case without discussing the Faith Tabernacle Church. There are websites dedicated to the discussions of this, of Missing Beverly Ward and the leaders of the Faith Tabernacle church. So now I want to preface this by saying authorities have ruled out 
Beverly's relatives as suspects. However, Edwin Young, was who was married to Beverly's older sister, Brenda, he was a pastor at Faith Tabernacle Church, the church Beverly and her family attended. And he has been called out in regards to his inappropriate conduct and contact with female members of the church. Since then, his son Jordan has been arrested for child molestation charges in four separate cases stemming from an investigation into allegations of sexual misconduct at the Faith Tabernacle Church in Junction City. He had been serving there as the music minister. Now, Edwin Young, who was married to one of Beverly's sisters, he recently and abruptly resigns. Now, a lot of members have discussed the fact that they were disturbed that when Beverly went missing, there were no specific services, there were no vigils where anyone was praying for Beverly's safe return. This was always a small murmur. This was always something that was discussed. But of course, this church is quite prominent within that area. So it was never outwardly discussed. But it was something that was discussed within the community. So I, I just wanted to touch on it because now, as I have said, we are a Kansas-based podcast. We want to speak about all the areas that affect Kansas. So that's why I bring this up. And I would like to follow it up again by saying authorities have ruled out Beverly's relatives as being suspects in this case. In 2018, the Junction City Police Department have asked the FBI for help in this cold case. It was stated in one interview that several detectives over the years have looked back at the Beverly Ann Ward case. And police captain Trish Giordano said back in 2018, when I took over investigations, I made it one of my goals to see if anything more could be done to try to solve the case. In 2018, they had to discuss trying to revitalize the Beverly Ann Ward case. Um, I know that they are keeping track of the suspects and that the suspects have moved out of Kansas. That's all they're willing to comment on it. But they are keeping track of those three suspects. Those three previous suspects have never really fully left their minds. And I am glad to know that back in 2018 and to now that they're still trying I don't know if they ever got anywhere, if there's any type of evidence within that case. But one thing that, as I've been trying to dive into and to see just what we have and if there could be anything, you know, any matches, anything we go along, as you know, we have the Uncovered Database. The Uncovered Database, if you've never checked out Uncovered.com, it is is so helpful of the widespread. You can look at so many things from all over the country. And as I was doing that, trying to see if anything could possibly match up, if anything we were doing, it also hearkened me back to my discussion I had 
with the call the Cedric County Sheriff's Department when they were trying to revitalize the community with their cold cases. And I remember looking back at their cold case initiative. And on April 29th, 2011, the skull of an unidentified black female was discovered near Sand Creek in Western Kansas. Now, they stated that the approximate age was between, I believe, 18 to 29 um, is what they thought it was. And, but they had no other really identifying factors. And it was just, I, I started going back to see if there was any other women that matched this description that might have gone missing prior to that time in the Kansas area. And all I could find was Beverly Ann Ward. Now, okay, so maybe the ages don't match up, but maybe Beverly could have been taken somewhere and for a period of time. Now, I couldn't see where they had any DNA on Beverly, and I don't know if this skull is able to have any DNA. So I, I honestly don't know what they can do. I don't know what kind of measures might have changed, what kind of measures might have improved, but is there any way that these two could come together? I don't know if the Cedric County Sheriff's Office has ever reached out to Junction City, Kansas, to see if these two cases could at all intertwined. But I could not see any other time period. Now, of course, we know there are many people that go missing or that might be missing that nobody has ever said are missing. But on this one, this kind of seems like a possible match. So it's something that I just wonder if anybody's ever followed up on. But we want to continue to try to find Beverly Ann Ward. We want to try to get answers in this case. So I want you guys to please try to reach out there and try to find that. But while we're on this topic, I want to discuss one other person that was on this Sedgwick County cold case initiative. And it's another person that we have on there that doesn't have a name. While we're on this topic, I want to discuss one other person who was found and still doesn't have a name. Now, this case was brought to me by a fellow Campus High School graduate. And this person graduated quite a bit after I did, but she also has an interest in true crime. She's a listener of the podcast and her family has some particular involvements with this case. She also has family members who have some involvement in the law enforcement community. So this person has sent me quite a few case information. And also we're going to be covering the Nancy Shoemaker case and they express some interest on that case. We will be covering the Nancy Shoemaker case on the anniversary of that crime. We know it's a solved case in the Kansas community, but I believe that case really affected 
the Kansas community. It affected how we deal with missing children in Kansas. And it has really changed how Kansas goes forward. So we are going to be discussing that case. Sorry, I kind of chased a squirrel there for a moment. But let's go back to talking about this person who was found on October 29th, 1994. The body of an unidentified male was located in a field at 5600 West 47th Street South in Wichita, Kansas. So it's at 55th and 47th. It's kind of out there, you know, out in that field in that area. And he had been found, bound and buried. That just is extremely difficult to know that somebody had been found that way and somebody had come across him. The victim is believed to have been 20 to 30 years old with a medium build, five foot eight to six feet tall. He had sandy blonde colored hair. Experts think he was killed between June and October of 1994. They believe he was killed at a different location from where he was found. Now, the Sedgwick County Sheriff's Department has been really working on this case. They worked with the FBI and the Smithsonian Institute with the Department of Anthropology to develop a sketch. And they're also working on different avenues and different angles to try to get as much information on this case as possible. We've also shared this sketch with Uncovered. Uncovered has an amazing group of people that work with does trying to find the names. And they've been successful quite a few times. So I'm really excited to share that information with them and hopefully we can get somewhere. Anyone with information regarding the Beverly Ann Ward case is urged to contact the Junction City Police Department at 785-762-5912 or their local authorities. If you have a moment, please go to the Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office Unsolved Homicides website. We will have the link on our social media. And if you have any information regarding this case or any of the unsolved cases, please do not hesitate to contact the Cedric County Sheriff's Office at 316-660-3799 or coldcase at sedgwick.gov. You can also submit an anonymous tip via Crime Stoppers by just going on their website and clicking the icon on there, or you can call 316-267-2111. Please remember, Crime Stoppers is a third-party initiative, so if you don't want to have anything to do or deal with on the police department side, that is a third party, so you don't have to talk to any police department or any police officers in order to do that. Now, please remember, especially with missing persons cases. Social media is a key tool. There are so many people who are focusing their time on expressing their feelings about the negatives of the Carly Russell case. I understand that people had invested time 
in sharing her case, sharing her information, and people feel almost betrayed. But whatever happens in that case or whatever is going on, please rechannel your energy into taking all the energy that you put into her case and put into more of these missing persons cases. I don't know why people pick and choose what case they're going to funnel all of their energy into sharing and talking about. But if we did that to each person's case and within our own local areas, a lot of these missing persons cases, a lot of these other unsolved cases. Hopefully we could bring these people home. We could give them get their names back. We could get answers for families once and for all, and we could get justice for these victims. So please like sh and share these posts, like and share my social media posts on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you like to scroll. And also reviews are very important to my podcast. So if you don't mind, drop us a line and don't forget, be safe.